Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders Podcast with Mark Carmen and Robert Murray. Welcome into the Baseball Insiders where... Robert Murray is eating as we start the show. Apparently a dry pancake. So you just keep chewing on there, Bert. Uh, and I, wow, just just couldn't, okay. just a fresh pancake. Didn't even, couldn't even, you know, it wasn't like the last bite. Just started in. Are you all right? Did you just work out? I did just work out. I got back probably about an hour ago and I made six protein pancakes. So we're, we're trying to add some weight here. Well, I, so, I, so far, so good, Carm. Is this because you're going to Orlando with Fanside? You want to look good for all the Orlandoites? Of course. Yeah, you got to look good for a different area. Though. I mean, I look good in Scottsdale, but Orlando is a different ballgame. So yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's up a level. Welcome in. Hit that subscribe button, the Baseball Insiders, with a special edition right now. As uh, we were supposed to go tomorrow, but um, as I talked about on uh, our football podcast today, got a little procedure tomorrow, Bert. We're going in for the colonoscopy. I know you needed to know that, so we had to bump up today's episode. I appreciate you making time, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, you texted me this morning. like, hey, like, can we move the podcast up because I have a colonoscopy? And like, that was, <laughs> of all the ways I, I imagine starting my day, that, that was not it. But I, 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 hope, I, I, I hope all goes well tomorrow, Carm. I appreciate it. I, I just thought that that just would put us on a whole nother level of friendship when you know a guy's going in for a procedure like that. You know, we're we're officially, you know, we're I mean, we're really we're really buds now. That's how yeah, I no, see it. We're more than buds. We're bros at this yeah, point. We're we're not Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham. The uh, the slap heard round the world. I cannot remember anything in baseball history that remotely resembles this. It's a, it's a it, thank you, Jacob. It's it's a different, a totally different world that we're living in, where Jock Peterson, wearing a hat uh, half on his head, is holding up his phone and shows a gif sent to a group of weightlifting, mocking the Padres. We're having a slow start to the season, along with these guys all mostly knowing each other and being in a fantasy football league. And I'm going to slap you before a game, and just to let you know that this is not good stuff here. This is this is unbelievable, Bert. Really, really exciting stuff. Yeah, of all the fireworks I expected in baseball over Memorial Day weekend, that was definitely not what I expected at all. Uh, like, I mean, you see the video, or you hear about Tommy Pham slapping Jock Peterson. And you think it's like an innocent little slap, but he absolutely smoked him, Carm. 
Uh, and it was, it was not a cheapie. Like he got his, he got his money's worth. And, um, I can see why, like knowing like the general amount of what each player put in for that league, I can understand why he'd be upset, but like for an IR designation and then also that innocent little gif, um, that's, it was just completely bizarre. And like, for me, that was the most bizarre baseball incident that we've had since Chris Sale cut up his jersey. Because uh, he didn't want to wear it with a knife. Uh, that was a very, very odd moment in Chicago White Sox time. I do want to remind everybody and remind uh, Tommy Pham with the whole weightlifting thing. Uh, the, the Padres are thirty and eighteen. They're they're yeah. th- they're three back of the Dodgers. They're ahead of the Giants. I mean, yeah. sensitive much? Am I missing Although something? Although it was last year when they were underperforming, that's when he sent the gift. Okay. And so like, Pham held on to those sour grapes for let's say like six to eight months, which. I mean, for such something so small, like that seems rather like petty. Right. I, I get it. But shouldn't you be in a good mood? Like things are, you know, that that's in the rear view mirror. You've been holding. I mean, that's a, what do you think? So every, every night the head hits the pillow and uh, you're still thinking about Jock Peterson or just waiting for this moment in time. I'm going to hit this dude in batting practice. Bizarre. I mean, wow. Like, I mean, I, I cannot say I've ever seen anything like a Carm. And I'm sure that's going to be like, because I, I mentioned Tommy Pham um, as a possible trade candidate at uh, the deadline on, on fan sided. Um, but this kind of in- incident combined with some of the stuff that he's also had happen off the field, I think teams are going to have real reservations about making a deal for him. And it wouldn't shock me if he ended up staying put because of it. Well, and Jock has bounced around now quite a bit too, from the Dodgers to the Cubs to winning a World Series with the Braves to yep. now the Giants. Do you have any idea what his standing is in the Giants clubhouse right now? I don't see it being impacted at all. Um, it's, if anything, it's gotten stronger because he ended up having that three-homer performance in what was one of the best games of the year for him or for any player by that means. But, yeah, it's uh, – Peterson's got very good standing. He was loved in the Dodgers clubhouse, loved in the Atlanta Braves clubhouse. Um, and I'm sure it's the same way in San Francisco. But for a guy like Tommy Pham, it's just the latest strike in, in his career. And, and, and just to be clear, like, look, Tommy Pham doesn't care about winning right now. Like, I, I just don't – like, you're just – I mean, maybe he does. But, like, you're you're hanging out on, on, a, on a bad baseball team. Like, the whole Padres thing should be in the rear of your mirror. You should be chilling along and going – yeah, you'd think. And it, it's it's crazy to me, too, because um, this entire thing has felt like a reality TV show. Uh, it's just like each time it's gotten more and more just bizarre. Like I mean, the entire like the first incident, the slap was just crazy. And then you have Peterson reading off his text messages, fam calling himself a high roller in Vegas. Um, and it's just like it was like, what in the world is going on here? Uh, I think it's over. I say think. I mean, you never know in something like this, but I, th- I think we're we're at the end of it now. Okay. All right. Hey, I, I appreciate the entertainment. The ba- baseball oh, needs so a little. I. I mean, we need a little shot in the arm. I was watching. Uh, I was watching sixty minutes the other night, Bert, and they just. You know what? Do you know why I'm bringing up sixty minutes right now? I I, I don't. You, do you, you know that they, you know you know that they did a, a feature on a baseball team. I didn't tell you about this before the show, so you're allowed to not know what uh, what I'm yeah, talking but... about here. 
No, so I they, got no idea. Have you, you have you have you heard of the Savannah Bananas? Of course. I was actually so I somebody mentioned them to me the other day, just out of the blue, like, and it was bizarre. So yeah, I'm I'm very curious where this is going. Well, the point is that the Savannah Bananas are this this basically Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey uh, Barnum and Bailey baseball team that has that puts on a show but plays a game similar to the Harlem Globetrotters, really who played the Washington generals. It wasn't real quote, real baseball, but they're there to entertain you. And like, if there's a foul ball in the game, if a fan catches it in the stands, which are sold out. And if you go on stub up in the, in the, in the secondary market, uh, tickets are like 125 bucks to see the Savannah bananas. Or if you want to go see, half the teams in baseball it's six bucks to uh get into a game on stubbub because there's ample seats available i i, I don't know man the, the bananas are, are entertaining people and and getting people to go to the ballpark and it's not even quote real baseball but people want to see it i think it's kind of i think it's an interesting thing for baseball to look at as to what is drawing fans to the ballpark at premium prices no, I hear you. And also, I mean, how can it not be entertaining when you're called the Savannah Bananas? I mean, it, well, plus I, I'm a huge banana guy, so I'm biased. But yeah, right. You no, know, you're 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 a big banana dude. Yeah, I, that's yeah. Actually, yeah. I should put that in my Twitter bio. That seems like a, a pretty good thing to have. What do you maybe think? We, uh, hey, maybe we can sure put that in there. Maybe we can drive from Orlando to go see the Savannah Bananas. We'll extend we'll extend the trip here, Bert, because we're just gonna be having so much fun in the sun, getting some sunshine. Please, that actually sounds very good to me. So let's make it happen, Carm. I'm old enough to rent a car now, so I got that going for me. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, any questions for Robert? Feel free to jump on in the chat here. Bert is always always ready to uh, to spew knowledge. Uh, you want to start with the Padres here and what the what our doctor uh, wants to know about Trent Grisham? Yeah. So I'm glad he mentioned the Padres because I have the answer to a question that was asked last week by I believe it was Will Holder. Um, but the question about Trent Grisham being the long-term answer in center field is a valid one, uh, which is like when they acquired Grisham, they envisioned him being the center fielder long-term, uh, especially since they parted with Luis Urias, who somebody, there was somebody that they were very high on. And Grisham, after his first year, has really struggled. And I think they would absolutely explore trying to have an upgrade over Grisham in center field. Uh, whether they're going to be successful in that, I don't know. But I do know... Um, that they ended up pursuing different outfielders, uh, even over the offseason. I don't know if it was specifically center fielders, but I know like it was they pursued outfielders. Um, I've, I've mentioned Chad Pinder before, uh, Dom Smith with the Mets. We're going to get into him a little bit later. Uh, were two of the guys they looked at. Um, but the question that I ended up was asked last week was whether the Padres would part with Blake Snell to upgrade their lineup. And I asked this to rival teams who have dealt with the Padres, and they said they would not rule it out. But that being said, it is extremely unlikely and that it would take a very strong haul to convince them to do that. But uh, with A.J. Preller, you can't rule anything out. He's somebody who thinks outside the box more so than I think any GM in baseball, uh, even more so than Jerry DePoto. But um I won't rule it out, but I would very, very, very strongly bet on Blake Snell being a Padre after the deadline. Interesting. What are you hearing on Eric Hosmer, who signed an eight-year, $144 million contract with the Padres, and they tried hard to dump him 
uh, but ended up not doing it. I know there were a bunch of teams interested. I know the Cubs were interested in taking on Hosmer and getting a, an elite prospect back. Uh, he's having a pretty good season, so there's that. But w- are you? is he still out there, or what are you hearing on Haas? Yeah, I think the Padres would still listen on Hosmer, but they're in a tricky spot where he's a guy that is a leader in that clubhouse, and he's super respected, and he's played well, and that would be a really tough guy to part with. Um, and I, I'm going to bet on him staying. I'm less confident in that than I am with Blake Snell. Um, but the Eric Hosmer part plays hand-in-hand hand with the Dom Smith situation, so I'll get into that now, is Dom Smith was optioned today by the Mets. And if you remember, the Mets and the Padres had agreed to a deal before the season that would have sent Dom Smith to San Diego for Eric Hosmer, uh, Emilio Pagan, and Chris Paddock. Um, but at the last second, they ended up backing out of that deal because they failed um, Paddock's physical, uh, the Mets did. So it was like, obviously the Paddock thing is not great and you're not gonna accept a deal um, when the guy is hurt like that, but you would add Eric Hosmer in a lineup that needs another big bat. Um, and I mean, you would also gotten rid of Dom Smith, but who could have imagined that Smith would struggle like this. And then, uh, Nick Plummer would emerge as a really nice player for the Mets. They've had a lot of guys like that, but I think that is a deal that the Mets might end up regretting not taking, even though the paddock is hurt. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like the Padres got lucky, at least at this point. They could change, you know, as this deal moves along. But they got, you know, they're, they're, they did a lot to try to get rid of Eric Hosmer. And, yep. he's, and as he's they say, the best deals sometimes are the ones you don't make. A lot of luck in this world, Bert. There, there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, that, uh, and I look just, 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 just to put it out there. I, I've always, I've always liked Hosmer. That dude is a flat-out winner. Um, and uh, yeah, okay, we can, we can, we can move on from there. Uh, Although I will say this, like going off yeah. of what you said before, um, the, so about Hosmer and like the Cubs being interested. This is not confirmed. I want to stress that when I say this, but something that I heard from a couple people at the time of the trade being done or being just going from done to dead with the Mets is that the Mets would have gotten Hosmer. And then they were also talking about a side deal with the Cubs. So it may have been Mets acquire Hosmer and then flip them. So as I said, not confirmed, but like that's something I had heard. I will also on the, on the non-confirmed side, what I, what I heard is that the, the Cubs wanted to get, were willing to take on Hosmer, wanted one of the Padres elite prospects. I don't know which one and San Diego would not part with them. So um, sounds right. Yeah, and the other on on the Cubs side of it is they they did not spend all the money that they that they could have spent this year uh, for deals like to be able to take on contracts like Eric Hosmer's in in the quest of getting elite prospects because you took on those salaries. So that might be something to look at as far as the Cubs are concerned at the deadline. Um, we can stay in Chicago for a second here. Uh, team the White Sox who are sitting at five hundred going to be about Tim Anderson. Uh, for a little while here, although it's a grade one strain on his groin, so that was actually good news, but still on the 10-day DL. Uh, and Dallas Keuchel, DFA'd. He's going to land somewhere, is he not, Bird? Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, he'll land somewhere. I'm pretty confident in that. And once he's replaced, or actually he's already been placed on release waivers. Yeah. Um, so any team that signs him, 
is going to sign him for the veterans minimum. And then the White Sox are going to be responsible for the remainder of that contract. And two teams that I think make a lot of sense for Keuchel are the Mets. Uh, because if you look at their rotation right now, they're without Scherzer, they're without DeGrom, um, and they're also without uh, McGill. And those are three of their best starters from this year. And, and we're looking at they're going to be off for quite a while. And they're going to need arms to um, fill in for those guys. And to their credit, they're still eight and th- they've gone eight and three without Scherzer, um, and they've actually like grown that lead in that division. So all credit to them. But I think if Flyer on a guy like Keiko would make sense, and you pair him with Jeremy Hefner, their pitching coach, you never know what can happen. Um, and then the other one is the Cardinals. If you look at the Cardinals rotation, they have Flaherty on the IL, they have Stephen Matz in the IL. And Matt's is like, he's starting to throw, but it's still, they could use another starting pitcher um, because they're going to end up most likely moving Jordan Hicks to the back to the bullpen. Um, and they had success last year when they acquired John Lester and J.A. Happ, uh, which were two deals that were basically looked over by everybody, but they ended up having or pitching meaningful innings. Maybe a guy like Keichel can step into that fifth spot in the rotation and have a similar impact. Um, so, those, so those are two of the teams that I'm looking for there. Interesting. Interesting. I'll get to someone in the chat here in a second, but let me just pepper you, Bert, on the Phillies and their struggles, which are obviously significant. Kind of a weird – I mean, I liked their offseason at the time, uh, but a lot of redundancy in, say, a Nick Castellanos and a, and, uh, and a Kyle Schwarber, those type of players, not – can't play D, um, whatnot uh, it just it hasn't worked out for the Phillies to this point they're 21 and 28 11 and a half back of the Mets and rumors of Joe Girardi's uh impending perhaps say goodbye to Philly if they miss the playoffs do you do you think something happens with Girardi in season or after the season if they do indeed miss the playoffs nothing is going to happen soon I feel very confident in that if it's to the point where they've been eliminated um, later in the po- or later in the regular season, maybe they end up exploring that. But I think the Phillies are going to be pretty patient with Girardi. I would not look at him being fired during the season as the most likely outcome. As Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic Outline, there's like there's a lot of different reasons why the Phillies are not going well. And if you can look at one of those reasons, it's when they signed all these guys uh, in the winter. Um, it was they bet on offense and their defense was in a spot where they had three or four DH candidates. And that was with Bryce Harper being healthy. And as soon as Bryce Harper got hurt, they had to slide him into DH. And that put a lot of those guys that are supposed to be in the DH spot into the field and their defenses suffered because of it. Obviously their bullpen has been atrocious. Uh, Their bullpen ERA seems to be going up like gas prices right now, uh, which not great if you're following the uh, the gas price or a gas price market, um, but it's just like they got a lot of things going wrong. It's going to be better, but it okay. Let's say that they end up moving on from Girardi in season. You're not going to get an established guy um, right away. They're gonna have, they do have some potential interim guys on their coaching staff, like Kevin Long, uh, Dusty Wathen. Those are two of the guys. There's another one on their coaching staff who actually. Uh, interviewed in New York when Girardi was fired. can't remember his name off the top of my head. I think maybe Rob Thompson. That sounds right. Um, I'll, so go, they have I'll guys. go with you, Bert. Yeah. All right. My guy, he always believes in me, folks. So <laughs> I appreciate you. that. I, I, do, um, I do. 
But uh, but yeah, so they have some guys, but I would fully expect the Phillies to keep Girardi for the most of the season, if not all of it. Interesting. All right. Uh, I'm just trying to think, like, top managers out there right now who might jump in. Anybody? Yes, you're smiling. So, I, so there was one. I was listening to John Heyman and Joel Sherman's podcast earlier today because those guys are great. Um, you can always learn something from them. And John said he talked to people connected with the Phillies that one possibility or just speculative possibility would be Jim Leland, who Whoa. is very close is with Dave Dombrowski. And oh. like those guys are best friends. Heyman said they almost talk every day. And he texted Leland about this possibility, just being like, what do you, what do you think of this? Is this something you'd entertain? And Leland responded with three words. No, thank you. So we can rule him out. But like the fact that Leland was talked about, woof. I mean, that's another Tony La Russa situation. Carl. They're, they're both 77 years old. So, uh, and Tony back in the news a little bit with his uh, comments on, on Gabe Kapler and there's the, the protesting gun control is, uh, uh, not right around the anthem. Uh, so Tony doing the Tony playbook there. I do think just one thought on, on Gabe, and I, I mentioned this over on Stack in the Box. I'm just going to mention it here too. It's interesting to me that there's really no outside of, okay, so LaRusso mentioned it, but there's no real outrage here. And I'm just connecting the same. Here's the, here's the uh, Giants manager. And then there was this 49ers quarterback who used the anthem to protest police brutality. And that was like, you know, end of the world stuff that that was happening. But Kapler, pretty much nothing. Uh, You know, minor, minor reaction. And I I, I find it interesting. I know we're in a different point in time. But baseball, kind of a more conservative sport, conservative fan base, if you will. and it's just interesting, young African American guy versus, uh, you know, the white guy managing the Giants. I just, I, I find the whole thing to be a little bizarre. Good, good for you, Gabe. By the way, let's 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 get some gun control going on here. Pro gun control right here. Let's get let's make our children safer, please. I know this is and not a political we, show, but that's we've a, we, we've also had uh, Farhan Zaidi, the Giants president, uh, back up Kapler just now. So I'll read off the quote he just said to Andrew Bagley of the Athletic. Yeah, He said, I'm just thankful that every day that I get to work with somebody who cares that much. I may not agree with everything he says or does on a personal level, but his passion, his thoughtfulness, and his conviction over the last few days, those are the, some of the traits that made him manager of the year last year. And I can tell you, Giants players love, love, love playing for Gabe Kapler. And as we're talking about Joe Girardi's job status, Carm. No, we go back to the Phillies, yeah. You know, yep. They let go of Gabe Kapler, who's manager of the year. So, and. Yeah. Did you know at the time that that was a mistake? I thought they let go of him too soon. Uh, I thought that was a pretty quick ousting. Um, But also that was a very difficult situation for him to win in. So full disclosure, once he was let go, I did not think he would be a manager again. Um, And Farhan Zaidi got the job in San Francisco and interviewed him. He was a finalist, and he ended up going with him, even though that was not the choice that many outside people would have done. And basically, Farhan Zaidi put his – like, he basically staked his career in Gabe Kapler 
And so far, it looks like an absolute genius for it, which uh, that goes along with everything we've said on this podcast. It's basically a Farhan's 80 fan podcast is what it is. Yeah, you, you you get them in here every week. Deservedly so, damn it. And that's right. I remember, I remember at the time, that's when the Cubs moved on from Madden, and they were like, we're going to interview Gabe Kapler. I'm like, Gabe Kapler? He got no. cr- cracked in Philadelphia. Well, that's it just goes to show you that you got to have the horses, baby. Uh, yeah. Tough market to win in Philadelphia, but I will say this. If you win in that market, they will love you forever, and you will never buy a beer again. So, it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just look at Nick Char- Foles. Charlie Manuel, you're good. All right. Uh, here, let's get, let's, get, let's get some thoughts in here. For, uh, Jacob Bradley, would David Peralta be an option in San Diego, perhaps as a platoon uh, with Will Myers? What is that thought from, from David? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad option. I don't know if the Diamondbacks would trade Peralta in the division, but that being said, um, I mean, it, I can think of – like they weren't – it's not like a Paul Goldschmidt situation. Like Peralta's a good player, um, and so I don't, I don't think they would necessarily say no. They may have to get a little bit more in return. But that being said, um, I had somebody text me the other day about uh, Peralta's um, – his launch angle – and it's gone way up this year. And I wonder if there's going to be some team at the deadline that goes and gives that the old eyeball emoji and wonders if there's more possible uh, for what he can do at the plate. So um, wouldn't like, I could see him being an option in San Diego, maybe not most or not the most likely one. Um, but like, I guess I can see it. Bunch of uh, chats coming in here. We'll get to all of them here, but uh, let me just jump around here. Yeah, let's let's get to Dan Sullins, who wants to know about Benintendi, perhaps to San Diego, so we can stick with the Padres. That would be super aggressive. Um, what do you what do you say on that? Uh, I don't know. It, it, do you think that you do you think that's a possibility, Bert? So I'll combine that one with Will Holder's question about Kyle Lewis and maybe even Jesse Winker. So we're going to look at Benintendi, uh, Lewis, and Winker. Um, so this is one. So the Royals, I'm well, they're going to sell. Uh, and Ben Attendi could end up being somebody that garners quite a bit of interest. I don't know if the Padres would be willing to part with what it takes to get him. Um, they, I don't know. I don't know. But the, the one that interests me that Will mentioned is, is Winker. Because I'm pretty sure the Padres were involved in Winker uh, before he was traded. And... Maybe they revisit that again. I know um, the Padres and the Mariners, they have made deals in the past. Uh, they even traded, um, they made a, who was it? It was Adam Frazier. Basically, after that trade did not work out for them, um, after getting him from Pittsburgh, they shipped him off to the Mariners. And I wonder, with the Mariners struggling right now, if they could end up like doing the opposite thing where they deal Winker to the Padres. Wouldn't I, like, I have not heard about it, but like, Makes sense, um, especially since they have past interest in him too. You making me think of when we with Benintendi takes me to the Royals and how they. I mean, there's been everyone's wanted with Merrifield. Now, of course, he's having a down year. The Royals are 100 sellers. Do you think they move now? Which I would, would be if slow. I was them, I would. Yeah, you, I mean, they got some trade pieces. Uh, Benintendi, Zach Greinke. Um, I don't think they're not going to trade Hunter Dozier. He's got 
four or five years left on his contract. But they have some tradable pieces in that team. And getting out or, get, or getting ahead of the trade market now, um, where you have some of these expiring contracts, you can get more for them in return than you would if you waited like two months. And I don't see any scenario in which the Royals come back and like get themselves into postseason contention. So if some of these teams call now, they should not hang up. And I would not think they would hang up. Well, we're just for the record here, we're at May 31 and some teams uh, will act now, but it's rare, very rare. So, I mean, I actually think last year, I think the Cubs were the first to go. Uh, yeah, Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta wanted Peterson because they, yep. they, they had an, who got hurt was Acuna got hurt, right? Yeah, uh, they got Acuna and then, or Alex Anthopoulos determined they needed a shot in the arm. They got Peterson, they got Jorge Soler. They got a couple other guys. Won the damn um, world series. Uh, yeah, but like, so like with Ben and Tendi, um, if the Royals do get out ahead of this thing, I mean, you look at his numbers this year, he's hitting 329. Um, and he's, got an OPS of 826 uh, and I mean he won a gold glove last year I mean that's just like I mean there's gonna be a lot of teams after that and I mean as uh, DC Hendricks said in the chat basically anybody who's not named Salvador Perez and Bobby Witt Jr. you should listen on them and trade talks I still wouldn't trade Hunter Dozier but still they should be. It should be open season on those guys. When you're a bad baseball team, to me, you are open for business. Period. What are you willing to pay? I'm not saying you throw them out the door, but somebody wants to make a huge offer for Salvi. Um, I, I wouldn't do that. Okay. I mean, that's another like Yadier Molina situation. Yeah. Okay. I. But he's listen. You're you're trying to get back to remotely where you were at in 2014, 2015. I don't know. I, I, to me, everything would be on the table. Brian Roberts asking, what's a bigger need for the Mets? Uh, relief pitching or a designated hitter? I'm assuming that's what he means, or right-handed pitching, one of the two. Um, can they address either before the deadline? And I would fully expect them to do just that. And so they do – like bullpen help is something that I absolutely see them targeting uh, just so they can have some more arms. But I think – a really underrated need for them is another big bat in that lineup. And because they don't really have a home run hitter besides Pete Alonzo. And if they end up adding another one of those guys to that lineup, and then you have Scherzer, DeGrom, McGill get healthy, and then you pair that with another bullpen arm. I mean, you're looking at a really good, really good team there, Carm. Like, I mean, they're already very good now. And it's to the point where, I mean, at that, like, they wouldn't have many weaknesses at all. And that'd be a very scary opponent, especially if you're a Dodgers team where they have a very, their team is stacked, but they also have a bit of a hole in the rotation. Um, And if you put DeGrom and Scherzer in the rest of that rotation against that lineup, and then you can score runs against their pitching staff, like that's, you're looking at an upset. I mean, that's, or a potential upset, I should say in the postseason. For sure. Yeah, sure. I, I think so. To answer your question, I think they get at least one and perhaps both. No lack of dough over there at uh, City Field, that, that's for sure. And no lack of ego either to try to get things done as quickly as possible. Uh, let's get DC Hendricks in here. Are the Mariners buyers or sellers? Season hasn't gone like they or we 
Are you in the media, DC Hendricks? What do you do in the media? Let, let us let us know in the chat. We could we, we could find a spot for you at Fanside. We're always looking for young talent. Uh, as, as planned, of course, the Mariners sitting here uh, right there with Oakland, 10, 10 and a half back of the Astros, 20 and 28. Um, I mean, not quite. The A's have lost three more games, but they're having a party down there at the basement. <laughs> they are. And right now, Carm, we're looking at them being sellers. And that is – I don't want to – it's not a shock because they have not put together back-to-back winning seasons in, what, it's like almost like 20 years or so. And it's like they were bound for regression, but I never expected anything quite like this, especially after getting Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. So if they look to sell, you have those two guys right there. They got, uh, boy, they, I mean, that would be a very interesting addition to um, the trade deadline because if the, uh, let's say the Red Sox don't sell, we're looking at a pretty bear market. And if you get the Mariners and Jerry DePoto involved, then it, what could be a pretty bear market suddenly it's going to get pretty interesting again. So uh, as I said, right now they're looking like sellers. And it is interesting, right? You, you have a lot. Of teams who I think you can pretty much state their path. Okay. I mean, right? You sellers, let's go through it. Uh, I mean, to me, the Rockies, the D backs, the Reds, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Marlins, the Nationals, I'd say the Phillies, even though it's a little bit complicated, I guess, if you're. I mean, I don't know if Joe Girardi wants to be selling. I'm sure he doesn't, but that to me is obvious. The A's, the Mariners, uh, I suppose we'll let the Rangers hang around, but the Royals are defined. The Tigers are defined. I would think the Cleveland Guardians are defined. Orioles, and then and the Red Sox have had a nice resurgence, which we, of course, predicted over here, damn it. I think we did at least. Did. Oh, but there's actually, a lot. So I jinxed them. I, that may be the credits for their comeback here, but still. Sorry, I, I just interrupted I, you. I'm just saying that because there are so many defined, could see things move earlier than normal is what is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, you know, and that certainly would make sense because, I mean, teams, like, they're not going to wait around. And if you can get more for return in these by going a month or a couple weeks earlier, um, then that makes total sense. So I think you're, I think you're onto something there, Carm. That would not, not surprise me. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to Dan at the top of the chat. What type of bat could you see the Padres targeting considering the level of prospect they're comfortable moving? Uh, I don't know. This this is going to stretch your knowledge of the Padres system here, Bert. What do you got for Dan? Yeah, so a guy like Campusano, he was one of their top catching prospects. Um, And he's had some red flags that I know other teams have been concerned by. Um, So I think his market could be relatively like because okay so a couple let's go back a couple of years real quick the rangers loved campusano and the padres said no like this is a, a non-starter we're not we're not parting with him now i don't know what exactly they could get in return for him and it's been a fall from grace in that regard um but like so as far as far as a target um this is also going to answer uh robert Maluso uh, might be pronouncing that wrong. I apologize, Robert, as a fellow Robert, but um, <laughs> like Joey Gallo, <laughs> Joey Gallo, like could make sense as a uh, as a trade target, especially if the Yankees end up parting with him. Which 
it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up exploring a change of scenery um, to get him or just to like cut their losses there just because he struggled so much. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would look at a guy like Joey Gallo. Um, I mentioned Chad Pinder on this, pro- on this podcast before uh, I'm trying to get more names. Um, but like, I, I also can tell you this Juan Soto, we, you can get that thought out of your head because the Padre or the, uh, the, the nationals are telling teams he's not going to be traded. Um, like, so like that's, unless something changes where it's just like they change your mindset, Soto's going to stay. Cause I think any team or any owner that buys the nationals is going to want to have Juan Soto on their team. And you know what? I don't want Juan Soto on my team too. All right. You, you've been adamant on Juan, Juan Soto going nowhere. So yep. I, I'm going to rub it in I'll your face. You this, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go on the record right now. If Juan Soto is traded before the trade deadline, yeah, I will eat a shoe on this podcast. You'll eat a shoe. I will eat a shoe. I will probably have to deep fry it so it can be like somewhat doable. But like, I will eat a shoe. Okay, Bert will eat a shoe if Juan Soto. You, you know, I, I've I've heard little inklings of the Dodgers in Juan Soto. Have you, Carm? I, I mean, not in anything that I would be reporting here on the Baseball Insiders, but I've, you know, I was just in my in my radio listening world, podcast world, uh, the the Dodgers were mentioned around Juan Soto too, which. Why not? They have everybody else. I mean, it makes sense. They could use a bat. I mean, it's a pretty weak lineup, but (laughs) can you imagine? Like, okay, so like, can you imagine Juan Soto on the Dodgers, Carm? Like, that would be. I I was going to use the exact same word. Like, so we've. That's clearly another sign we've been talking too much. Um, Well, because we're already using each other's vocabulary. Um, But like, what the heck? I mean, I don't know what. Like, that would be. Because they gutted their farm system last year when they got Trey Turner and Scherzer, uh, they sent uh, their two top two prospects, Josiah Gray and uh, and Ruiz, to the Nationals. And I mean, they got a strong prospect core now, but like, boy, oh boy, that would be something. It's called a good organization. Um, to your point about Maluso, by the way, uh, what do the Yankees do about Gallo and Hicks? But it's I, I like his pointer. Could could Ben in, or his question? Could Ben Intendi and or uh, Ian Happ replaced them. Um, that would kill Red Sox fans, would it not? Yeah, that would definitely kill Red Sox. I mean, fans. I I guess that I mean it's happened so many times now that maybe it wouldn't, but that's not ideal. No, it's not. And oh yeah, Ian Happ is an interesting one. That's actually not a name that I had considered as like a trade possibility, but he's making what like eight and a half million this year, um, somewhere in that ballpark, which to me is is quite a bit. Um, and getting that salary off the books and getting a prospect in return or a prospect or two or three, I mean, can't hurt. Um, and he He's was also being paired up with old friend uh, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. Uh, Ian Happ is making $6.85 million this year. He's got one more of arbitration eligibility next season, and then he'll be a free agent in 2024. Uh It'd be. I, I would wonder if the Cubs would try to get out from the Jason Hayward situation with somebody like Ian Happ. I don't know. I think they'd love to move. J- I think they'd love to move Jason along to a 
spot where he'd be happy and and also eats eats some of the money maybe maybe a ton of the money actually forget about tagging half with him just just eat a bunch of dough to get rid of him and get him somewhere where he can win yeah but i would not see that situation being with the yankees because they got no. uh, they got stanton and yeah i just i want to make sure like we're not like no no but, i didn't yeah. I, I didn't mean to tie that those two together at all uh no, no 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 it's all good but i will say though like so speaking about field money for the the yankees boys that aaron judge contract that is going to be spicy when that eventually or if it eventually gets done where's uh, no matter what he's gonna be a very rich man yes he is uh you want to put a guess out there on may 31st 2022 of where that where he ends up i think we I might, we might have done this once before yeah i think we did that last week um and, what, and what'd you say I can't. I I can't. I think may have said fifty fifty with the Yankees, and I'll I'll stay, I'll stay with that. But, um, well, okay. What was their contract offer to Judge? Because uh, Cashman went on the record with it. Was it a two hundred and sixteen million? That's, that sounds close. Because I, I was like, I had somebody uh, in baseball ask me the other day what I pre- what I predicted that contract to be. And okay, so Sean Daly, a fine two thirty. Yep, a fine producer says two thirty. So my prediction was eight years for two seventy five. That is what that's my prediction. So I'm going going on the record with that right now. May thirty first, he's getting eight years for two seventy five. Okay, from boy, you're good at putting me on the spot. I'll say the Yankees. Okay, think he stays home. Uh, so what do you got on Cole Tucker, designated for assignment by the Pirates? I've always enjoyed his energy as we look around for somewhere for Cole to land. I know you wanted to bring up Cole today. Yeah, um, that one, he struggled with the Pirates. Um, but as a former first-round pick and a former top prospect, I think he is going to be somebody that garners quite a bit of trade interest after being designated for assignment. And I had somebody tell me that he believes he's going to be traded. Um so obviously we don't know a destination quite yet, um, but would not be in the least bit surprised if there is some team who trades for him. That's okay. I he could be a fit in in, in numerous places. Could he not? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, as a like figure as a fourth outfielder now, I can sure. see a lot of teams being in on that. So um, as I said, I don't have teams that are like in but he'll garner quite a bit of train interest okay uh bert we got to uh we got to a couple things here on the way out number one All right. uh, as we're going to orlando i am bringing with me the a fine book which i texted to you which yeah. I, which, which I'm very, which I don't know if you have you have you read the Baseball 100 from Joe Posnanski? I have not, but I absolutely love Joe. I'm a huge fan of Joe. So you said that, and I was immediately a fan. Okay, okay. Uh, I will say this. I, yeah. I was. Well, actually, I'll let you finish, and then I'll get into the book I'm reading. No, that, that I just, I just thought I, I want to get a picture of me and you at the pool as I have my baseball out. And you are doing whatever you do at pools on vacations. So that's, that's you want to know what I do vacation. at the pool? What do you do? I, Sit in I, the sun? 
Well, how'd you know? You're, you're very, you're very wise, Carm. Um, but I basically call and text sources while I'm at the pool. Oh, that's try, good. To, try to re- build relationships. Can we stream from the pool? You building maybe relationships? You want to. I don't know. There's, uh, maybe we'll, we'll just try to take a video. Yeah. Cause like, it's uh, going to happen. I, yeah. It, well, yeah, boy. I don't know what I'm trying to say now, but anyways, the book I'm reading, Carm. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> it's uh, from Jeff Fletcher, uh, an Angels beat writer. Uh, it's a book going inside of Shohei Otani's rise from overseas to being an Angels star. And just started it, but it's fantastic right now. And I want to say thank you to Jeff for sending it to me uh, before it became, like, or what, before it was put on bookshelves. So thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate and it. You should, and you should pre-order that. It's going to be on Amazon. So, okay. Yeah, okay. I want to plug it for Jeff. All right. Uh, Bert, anything on the way out here that's uh, piquing your interest that we haven't touched upon? The, uh, the Yankees have dropped their last two. Minnesota just uh, cruising along here. All of a sudden looking like a borderline favorite in the AL Central with the White Sox having all sorts of issues. Crazy. Yes. I will. So I'll yeah. actually answer this question from Dan Sullins. Okay. Um, the one up top is the Lance McCullers deal a good comp for what Joe Musgrove might get. Um, so I know the Padres and Musgrove have exchanged contract figures, um, and it's not been to what Musgrove has wanted or believes he can get, and for for good reason too. And McCullers' deal was five years for eighty five million. I would imagine that contract is going to be worth a good chunk over 85 million when it's all said and done, because this free agent starting pitcher class is pretty loaded. Um, you have um, like a, just a plethora of options, but I believe that if Musgrove stays healthy, he's the best one and he'll have some team absolutely pay him Carm. And if, okay, so here's, this is me going on a bit of a tangent here. So, Look at what the Pirates rotation once was or what could have been. You have Garrett Cole, who got, what, like 300 million bucks. You have Joe Musgrove, who looks like a star of the Padres. You have Jamison Tyon, who might actually be the like one of the two best starting pitchers available this winter. And you also traded Clay Holmes, um, who is the Yankees' closer right now. Um, and just a dominant bullpen arm. And then you trade the three prospects that they did, Tyler Glasnow, um, Austin Meadows, and Shane Boz to the Rays for Chris Archer. So you could add Tyler Glasnow in that rotation as well. And they had them all at one point, and now they have none, and they remain the Pirates. So not great, Carm. That's no, my tangent for the day. It is amazing how consistent the Pirates are at being the Pirates. For a minute there, they weren't the Pirates. For like, there was the, you know, they, what are they, made it to the wild card? What, I guess that was 2015. I'm trying to remember. I think that's the last time they were in the playoffs. But uh, bad organizations do what bad organizations do, and they do it well. Good organizations, Tampa. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're like, they're the opposite of Tampa. Every move yeah. they make seems to be bad. So Even, even the A's, by the way. Sell the whole farm. Still, like, kind of a respectable, really bad team outside of the fandoms coming. I mean, like, they're they're bad, but they're not, like, 
most teams, if they had done what the A's did this year, they'd win like three games. The A's are just like, I don't know, they hung at 500 for a little while. I know Oakland fans don't want to hear that. The 3,000 that show up to the Coliseum, God bless you. Tough. That's, I feel bad for them. That's all I can say about yeah, that. Those they'll, poor they'll fans. Right. They'll be all right. Uh, hey, Bert, we're back next Tuesday, 2 Are o'clock. We? Yes, we're back next Tuesday, buddy. Right. No, we're not back next Tuesday. You're right. We're not back next Tuesday. We're coming back. So we're back next week. Let's leave it like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was confused because, I mean, we could always do it from the plane. Um, or on our way up to uh, go see the Savannah Bananas. On our way, on our way to go see the Savannah Bananas. I'll tell you this much: we, we, Bert and I will be on Twitter this weekend doing a video of of something. So, so follow, continue I'm, your following of by Robert Murray and at the car because we'll have we'll have some fun down there. I look forward to. Oh, it. We most definitely. Well, there's gonna be content galore, and it, you want to know what's pop or what makes all that possible, Carm? What's that? Is people subscribing to this podcast? So oh, if you're listening right now, please subscribe. Oh, hey, you taught me well, Carm. You're, yeah. a, you're a full pro. I can retire now. Robert Murray is going to be hosting the Baseball Insiders by himself. It starts next week. <laughs> As Carm is just sitting in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'm in. Thank you for watching. Everybody in the comments, Dan and Jacob and DC and, and Robert and Will and Brian, the, the good doctor, Matt Malay, Jacob. Y'all have a great afternoon. Bert. You're my hero, brother. Good to see you. Hey, you're my hero, too. I'll see you in a couple days, Carm, where the baseball insiders are going to be reunited. Or united. We haven't been reunited before. So it's the the first ever meeting. Hit that subscribe button. Turn your notifications on. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.